We're gonna do something. I don't know what. We're fantasy baseball. We're a baseball. Podcast. We're a podcast. Yeah, we're podcast. It's seriously baseball. Baseball. Five fans. Four fans. Let's talk baseball. What is he on today? What? I have no idea what's going on. Nor do I. Oh well, you're the uh, you're, you're the producer. Start of the show. What do you want from me? Because I'm an idiot. That's beautiful. That's really the best thing you've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> like, oh my god, did you see that guy's butt? Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, oh, that's magic. I have no idea what's going on here. Nor do I. I, I don't know how to flick. <laughs> you cannot take it out. <laughs> what are you going to talk about? Uh, probably talk that. About. That was gold. <laughs> I'm glad you're recording it. Welcome to the My Franchise Baseball Podcast. I am Glenn. I am joined by my co-host, Mike. Hello. And our wonderful and talented producer, Dizzle. Hello. And we are doing the baseball podcast thing again. Still? As usual. Again. I don't know what's going on. What's happening with you guys? Um, I'm watching the Tampa Bay Rays fall apart. Are you? Yeah, I mean it's 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 about to be tied three three. We're gonna get a game seven, and I guarantee you, the fucking Astros are gonna win. Were they up three games? Were, were they up three games to none, or were they up three none, or were they up three to one? Three none. I thought they were up two to one, and then they won another one. I can't remember. I think no, they, they were up. Sure. They won. They won the first three. It it if they win the series, it'll only be the second time in Major League Baseball history that a team. Down 3-0, won a series. I don't know what to think anymore in these topsy-turvy times. Uh, that's – wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I didn't realize that – I suppose I did realize that, but you always like – you always want to believe that when your team is up 3 nothing, but you never want to believe it when your team is down 3 nothing. Yeah. Like, you know when those – like, you know when, when the – and I don't know, this is a more recent phenomenon, but like when the odds pop up in the corner for like an individual game, yeah, it's like the bottom of the seventh, and your team's down two to one, and the thing pops up, and it's like the other team's percentage chance of winning is seventy nine. Yeah, and you're like, well, that's bullshit. That can't be true. It's only one run. But like when your team's up two to one in the bottom of the seventh inning, it's like seventy nine percent chance of winning. <laughs> I mean, here we go. Well, if you're a Minnesota sports yeah, fan, yes. you're still terrified by by only seventy nine percent. That's right. Didn't the Vikings do something colossally stupid again this week? Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's colossally stupid, but, but not the most popular decision to go for it instead of kicking a 20 yard field goal. Another moment of ill-advisedness from, uh, Minnesota. And then what the, what I can, since we're on football at the moment anyway, like why does Le'Veon, why is Le'Veon Bell like get to pick what team he gets to play for? He should be like just settling for whatever he's wormed his way out of like two different contracts by being a nut job and well, he buying for his services. He didn't weasel his way out of a contract. He was such a pain in the ass. They said, go away. That's that's kind of weaselly. Sure. I mean, he didn't do it through like subterfuge or anything like that, but he's a colossal jackass. Uh, he is. He's less of a jackass than his former counterpart, but so he goes to, so where is he now? Kansas city. Yeah, he's a fucking chief. The reigning champions. And not only did he get like 11 mil or something from the Jets, 
he's now getting 1.69 or up to 1.69 million on top of that from the Chiefs. Really? That's what the G, that's what I heard the Chiefs signed him for for the rest of the season is is at most 1.69 million. So I don't know what the base is and incentives are, but can we stop saying like have I ever complained about this before? Can we stop saying defending champs all the time, by the way? You complain about it all the time. Like, that's the stupidest thing in the world. They're not defending anything. They if are. They were They're def- defending their championship from last season. If they were defending their championship, the Las Vegas Raiders would be the current Super Bowl champions right now. Uh, no. Yeah, because that's what happens when you're defending something. If you're defending your heavyweight championship title and you lose you don't get to still be the heavyweight champion and go to a tournament later on the all valley for example (laughs) what is the all valley the all valley karate championships damn it oh okay pay attention um yeah i don't know i got sidetracked there complaining about (laughs) champions and footballs and and the other things what's uh so you are, so you are, you're banging the the drum or the trash can, as it were, for the Astros. Now you're they're they're going to uh, they're going to finalize their bring on the haters and stuff them in a trash bag tour or whatever the hell they're doing. Well, like we hear all the time in in sports about momentum, right, and how important momentum is, and it's yeah. completely different in this in this playoff scenario where there aren't any off days. So, like, literally that momentum just rolls from day to day, and I think that is completely working in the Astros' favor right now. They, they lost three in a row, but they, they came up big, and they won a game, and they just keep winning. And I think they're going to continue to. I don't want them to, but I think they're going to continue to. Yeah, I think, that, um, I, I, I think that you may be right. I mean, I've never been the, like I, – I, I never know how to quantify all the, like – momentums and clutchness and various different like uh intangible things that that people like to bring to to sports in general but without off days and without a change of venue it's it's kind of tough to uh, you you do have to believe that there's some of that difficult to overcome whatever obstacles are are popping up and it's and it's easier to keep on a on a roll as it were well yeah it's like we just we just beat these fuckers two days in a row Let's we're, let's just go out and do it again. One more. Yeah, why wouldn't we simply do it again? Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be grand? Wouldn't yeah. that be exciting? So, I don't know, man. I, I will say... Astros Braves would be the exact opposite of what I picked the World Series to be. Uh, so, I don't see it as much of a surprise. True. This is not coming as a shock to me based on my... Uh, less than stellar prognostication skills when it comes to sports. It, does it come as a surprise to you as, as my partner in shenanigans that the difference this season to last season and how I feel about the Astros? No, you got, I mean, it's, you have every reason to, they, they, they betrayed you. They betrayed all of us. They yeah. broke the hearts of baseball. Um, I'm sure not everybody was on board with them to the extent that you were. I mean, like, dude, if we find out that if we find out that there was something dubious going on in the in the clubhouse of one Jace Tingler and his Slam Diego Super Padres, I'm going to be broken hearted as well. It's not you don't yeah. want to find out that your team is like the scum of the of the league. 
from an like outside perspective, I, I guess I like, I wasn't really happy to find all that stuff out about the Astros. And I guess if I listened to the podcasts from when all that stuff came out, I might find myself saying nastier and meaner things about them at the time, but I don't really like, I didn't have anything invested in them. So I was like, Oh, that's shitty. I, I think that sucks. I hope that, that, that nobody else is hitting trash cans and like, you know, pile on and have fun with the making fun of the trash can stuff. But like, it doesn't break my heart as much because I, I was never really that invested other than George Springer. I love George Springer. Yeah. I, no, I mean, I, I was a huge fan of you. I mean, you know, my love for, for Jose Altuve. And I, I feel like he, he fucking betrayed baseball. He, he stole a championship. He stole a fucking MVP. I don't think I don't think I can be that emotionally distraught over it. I I don't think I've ever loved the team, and then it, like a flip of a switch, hated them as as much on both extremes as I have with the Astros. Other than during a current Minnesota Twins or Vikings game, that's a different story. That's <laughs> that's, that's, that's fucking ingrained fandom. That's that's the only other place you can find such extremes is from one inning to the next of Twins, particularly playoff baseball. I would imagine. Well, not really. I mean, because oh, is it? Yeah, because it's never looking that good for them. Right. It, well, it hasn't since like 2003. So uh, we didn't. Yeah, we did a whole bit on that. Um. So yeah, that's 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 how I'm feeling right now. Is you know, I I feel like the Astros are going to win tonight. Last I saw, they were up seven to two. I, I I have no doubt that they're going to pull off the immaculate comeback and and win tomorrow and go to the World Series. I do find it like I like I said last time. I I do find it kind of fascinating and almost like almost something to to root for, or at least to find to find amusing in a way is just the like oh like oh for real like everybody's basically you know been pissed at these guys called them cheaters said they stole the world championship etc 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 and now this year they did not play the greatest baseball by any stretch of the imagination until it was actually important to when they seem to be playing very very good baseball um I don't know if the trash cans are back or what the story is. And there's going to be plenty of questions about it, I'm sure. I'm sure there already has been. I'm sure there's plenty of hack uh, members of the media who are, you know, coming up with accusations left and right just to be on the safe side. But I, I, I do think it's kind of fun, the concept of them doing it, doing it clean, making the, making the haters hate. You like the concept of the villain, and they, do. they fit that role perfectly. I do. I'm a big villain guy. Well, let's do this. Let's let's take a break. Let's come back, and I will tell you about Megaphone Man. Tell me about Megaphone Man on the other side. On the flip side, is that how it's going to be? Sure, we can go on the flip side. Let's do it on the flip side, then. Back to the My Franchise Baseball Podcast. I'm Mike, joined as always by my bestie, Glenn. Sure. 
and our lovely producer Dizzle. Present. <laughs> Thanks, Dizzle. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I was going to bring up the Megaphone Man. Um, I don't know what his actual name is. No, do I really care? I'm just going to I'm going to call him the Megaphone Man because I like it. Uh, I'm sure you do too because it's very close to uh, Mega Man, the uh, the '80s video game that which you're a huge fan of. Oh, I love Mega Man. Um. So Megaphone released that for something. I should buy that. You should. You know, Amazon something real quick, kids. Talk amongst yourselves. So Megaphone Man is a dude who lives in San Diego. He has an apartment, I think, just outside of Petco. When he found out that the Houston Astros were going to be playing at Petco, he bought himself a Megaphone and has stood out on his patio his deck I don't know, whatever it is and in, in the tower he lives in and has basically called out and made fun of and talked shit to every member of the houston astros um to shame them for their cheating in the 2017 world series via his megaphone via his megaphone yeah just carlos correa use a bitch like that yeah probably i mean yeah. i haven't heard i haven't heard the audio of it but i would assume it's something like that I heard a go home for the, the little clip that I. Altuve, take your shirt off. I don't know. That's you know, not bad. Yeah, I could do that. You know what? Um, Altuve, show me your trash cans. You know what? Somebody should, somebody should make, actually, you should combine uh, Megaphone Man and Mega Man. Yeah. And somebody should make like a video game. And instead of like the, you know, the eight bosses and their worlds that you had to fight, you have to fight yeah. each member of the Astros lineup. And just like in Mega Man, you like get their powers when you do. So if you beat Jose Altuve, you get like a buzzer on your chest that tells you when the other bad guys are coming. Yeah. If you beat Correa, you get mad shit talking skills. I like that. If you beat George Springer, you get to hit a home run in the first inning of every level. I. <laughs> sure. You uh, Springer, by the way, is now the all-time postseason home run king. That um, that doesn't. That doesn't surprise me because it seems like he hits a home run every time they play a postseason game. Yeah. Dizzle, will you do me a favor? Will you see how many home runs – I think he has 18 home runs, but how many postseason games has he played in to get that? I'd like to, I'd like to look at him compared to Reggie Jackson and see how many games they each played in because I'm sure that Springer has played in about twice as many. I want to know how many I want to know how many home runs it is because I feel like Daniel Murphy very nearly set that record in like one postseason. Uh, not true, but it's I'm pretty sure Springer now has 18. Reggie had 17, I believe. I think in 2015, Daniel Murphy had like eight. Okay, eight eight I could buy. Just in the like three series that he played in. Staggering. He had a hell of a year that year. In the postseason. Well, wasn't that the year that he got cheated out of the batting title by DJ LeMahieu? I was a year after that. Was it? Yeah, because he was just kind of a maybe it was. I don't know. He always was good with the batting average, but he had never had like he had 15 home runs in the regular season and eight in the postseason. Yeah. Something insane like that. I don't know. Pissed me off, I'll tell you that much. But yeah, megaphone man. Wait, when when do you get the trash can in that game? When you beat Alex Cora. <laughs> uh, is he the is he the final boss? I'm I'm assuming. I mean, he is it, it going to be like Mega Man Two, 
where you think that Dr. Wiley is the final boss, but then you have to go through like five more levels and then you have to beat all of the bad guys again. And then you have to do like another level and then beat the Dr. Wiley, who's like super Dr. Wiley, who's like stronger and more powerful and more wily than he ever had been previously to that moment. So, I mean, who, who would that be? AJ Hinch? You beat AJ Hinch, and then you think you won, but you didn't, and then you have to do it again and beat Alex Cora? Then you have to face Cora, maybe. And then you have to face the owner who keeps pretending he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> Seriously. Keeps going like, I don't know how this keeps happening. I just thought we were winning and recycling more. That's what all the cans were for. <laughs> for the recycling. For the planet. I care about the planet. You know, uh, we talked a few weeks ago about making fake baseball memes. That needs to be at the top of the list of fake baseball memes. I think somebody should just make that. Like, you remember the Mega Man 2 screen where you, like, pick your evil guy. You just put Megaphone Man in the middle. And he would look like you could just put, like, Megaphone Man's head on a Mega Man and change that little cannon blaster to a megaphone. And yeah. Call Ubisoft or EA or who makes Grand Theft Auto? They do good work, right? Sure. I don't know. Call a gaming company. I got a multi-million dollar idea for that. I got a multi-hundred dollar idea. Multi-hundred. I am going to be a thousandaire. I'm happy for you. Yeah, it's gonna be brilliant. Um, This is us. This is just. Oh, he said him. He said I'm gonna be. I mean. You're asking questions. This is my intellectual property. You didn't even know what happened. You didn't even know when you get the trash can. <laughs> so, since we're beating dead trash cans, uh, I, didn't ever, I never got a response to that text I sent you last night, by the way. Which one? About Kershaw. <laughs> I didn't think, I, I don't recall. I don't recall having a take on Clayton Kershaw. I recall asking you for your take on Clayton Kershaw. Uh, yeah, well, you—that's that's how you have a take. It's kind of like when you say that Jeremy's got the worst f- fantasy team, but then suddenly you change your mind. Yes, that's that's exactly yeah, that's what result. it's like. <laughs> um, but seriously, so Kershaw. Kershaw was pitching fine last night, but he 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 got beat up and he got beat up bad. Yeah, it's a weird because I actually like so I knew you were gonna do this and and start laying this whole like remember how you loved Clayton Kershaw and you thought he was the greatest postseason pitcher of all time routine that you where you take like a question that I asked you and turn it into like a, a sermon on the mount that I had about the the resurrection of Clayton Kershaw. And, and I looked at this article this morning, and it, it did kind of – because I didn't watch the game, and I didn't um, – I, I didn't really have an opinion on the, the subject. But, I mean, Kershaw was coming off he, – he had been pushed back a day, am I right, because of back spasms? I think it was two days. Was I think he was supposed to pitch Tuesday and pitch Thursday instead. Yep, and, um, and he went five innings pretty strong. Um, the sixth inning was, was his issue. So like my, uh, my gut instinct, like baseball guy says, like a guy like Clayton Kershaw should be able to pitch the sixth inning. But the other side of me says like a guy who just got two days off 
from back spasms because he like couldn't pitch the day he was supposed to pitch. Like at the first sign of a struggle, I'm probably going to get that guy. First, I agree. Second, do you know what Clayton Kershaw's postseason ERA is from the sixth inning on? No. 7-31. I almost texted you back. I almost texted you back. Some Braves fan's wife went and got DQ chicken strips. Because <laughs> that's, that's how we got to Kershaw. Yeah. Chicken. Well, that and, that and he just is not good in the postseason. No, he generally hasn't been. No, I mean, is, is it possible? And this is not going to happen. I want to preface this. So before you try to turn this into a hot new take that I have, is it possible that Clayton Kershaw could become the first like Hall of Fame worthy pitcher who's left out of the Hall of Fame because he sucked in the postseason, as opposed to like the Jack Morris's of the world who have a pretty good career but are eventual hall of famers because of some like mythic postseason status that they have the kurt Schillings of the world yeah is like is uh um the guy who we were talking about who looks like a wolf man clayton kershaw is he going to be the first like opposite of that thing no C- clayton kershaw will be a first ballot hall of famer i would think so but i i maybe a couple more years of failed postseason just like God, you know, I understand that that's a world-class career ERA, but son of a bitch, the guy couldn't do it after the sixth inning of the postseason. Let's just keep well, him out of there forever. There, there definitely is something to be said about, about how terrible he's been in the postseason, his inability to, to help his team win a championship. But that being said, there's no way he doesn't make it in the Hall of Fame. If he's not a first-bout Hall of Famer, I would be shocked, but there's no way he's not making it in. Is he even the greatest pitcher of our era any longer of this era of his era to say, i mean you have to you have to put justin verlander in the conversation uh max scherzer although he's been he was terrible this year he was kind of rough last year has to be in that conversation um degrom if you give him a couple more years should be in that conversation yeah i think like i i think i i consider the like it's the Kershaw, Verlander, Scherzer debate. DeGrom's like a, a new generation, right? Yeah, he's a little, a little further past that. You know, um, the guy who's go- the guy who, uh, the guy who's going to get totally left out of that. Who had some outstanding seasons is Zach Greinke. Yeah, but the problem is, I mean, Zach Zach Greinke was always good, but not quite good enough to be that upper echelon. He wasn't as – I don't think he was as consistently dominant. I think his, like – I think his peaks were as good, if not better, than some of these other guys. But but I don't think he has that. There's also something to be said about a guy who's been traded a bunch of times. Yeah, but he's been traded by – he got traded by the Royals. He got traded to the by the Royals, and then he got traded – did he get traded by Milwaukee, or did he sign with the Dodgers as a free agent? I don't remember. I don't remember. But that, my point being that, like, he got traded by a smaller market, lower budget kind of team that has a lot to another low budget team in the Brewers. Yeah, but on a one year, on a half year rental. Yeah, you know the like 
All I'm saying is that says less about his ability as a player or about even his personality as a player and more about I can't afford to continue to pay you any longer, so I may as well get something at this point Yeah. while I can situation, uh, which is very similar to the uh, Manny Machado situation as well, I would say. Yeah. But – Notwithstanding, the uh, the Braves look like Braves the Braves look, look good. They could have this thing taken care of. I mean, they're yeah, catching well, their own home runs. Dude, Mark Blanson, that that's pretty awesome. I I'm pretty sure that he, two days in a row he caught home runs in the bullpen by Ozzy Albies. With, I'm pretty sure they both were by uh, Albies without moving. Well, the first one he didn't move for. He was just standing on the on the rubber, and it just came right to him. The second day, he had to run down, run down and grab it. But he, it, it was pretty impressive to watch. Like he was like high stepping on his way to get it. It was pretty cool. That's funny. Yeah, I, I must have just seen the first because I just saw the one where he's literally just standing there, like looks up, kind of like, well, I'll be damn. Yeah, that was the first one. Yeah, it literally, literally did move. Just caught it like right in front of his face. Solid. I like it. Uh, but yeah, they're looking um looking solid. Freeman's been looking outstanding, if I'm not mistaken. Freeman Freeman looks really good. Yeah. Uh maybe I don't know. I mean they look they look really good as a team. And I mean they're missing Mike Soroka. Yeah, the I mean the pitching has been the question mark. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, that, small... that lineup is fantastic. Oh yeah, that's that's a tough lineup to argue with. I would say it is. It's obviously a tough lineup to pitch to as well uh, as Clayton Kershaw and other members of the Dodgers staff would attest. Yeah, I will say, I think they have they have May going tonight and Walker Bueller going if there's a game seven. Is it May? Or today? No, today's today's five, isn't it? Um, it's five because they're they're a game behind the American League. Yeah, it's game five because it's What's Tampa up? scored two runs. Is seven it? to four now. Seven to four, yeah. The Astro the Astros are up again. Yeah, May is pitching today and Atlanta is up two nothing. So who who's pitching for Atlanta today? Uh Reed. Let me tell you that in just a moment here. Minter. Okay. So Freed is there tomorrow, and then one of the other kids is there for, if there's a game seven. I think you may be right. Yeah, A.J. Minter is pitching. I know the name. I don't know much about him. He is 27. Uh, he's left-handed, 6 feet tall, 215 pounds. Uh, he's 1-0 so far this postseason. Pitched two and a third innings, three strikeouts. Okay, so he's an opener today. Uh, it seems that way. AJ stands for Alex Jordan. Okay. His nickname is Mint. That's lame. He enjoys long walks on the beach. I don't know about all that, but he did go to college at Texas A&M. Um, and he was born in 1993, which makes me feel old as fuck. Um, so anyway, AJ Minter. 
Mint. Mint. My guy, Mint. Um, what do you think? You want a break? You want to come back and talk about uh, our unfortunate newest Ode to a Dead guy? Oh, yes. I know. Another uh, another Hall of Famer. Another Hall of Famer. Gone. And was he even on your list of your weird no. Hall of Fame Deadpool that you've got going over no, there? Was not. Your morbid fascination with how many living Hall of Famers are left. Tommy Lasorda is still kicking. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, but for how long now that you've cursed him for two weeks in a row? I don't know, man. Um, yeah, we could probably take a break and uh, come back and do a little bit more. This, that, and the other thing here on the My Franchise Baseball Podcast. For fans, by fans. And begin. Oh, it's me. <laughs> sure is. Welcome back to the My Franchise Baseball Podcast. I am Glenn. I am joined by my co-host, Mike. Hello. And our lovely, talented producer, Dizzle. Hi. And um, we should do some uh, house cleaning really quick before we get to the next segment here. Okay, let's hear it. So... For all the listeners out there, we are, since we are in the middle of, and it'll be, it should be almost wrapped up by the time this goes to air on, on Sunday, the, the championship series, Siri, multiple series. Yeah. Game, game seven of the national league would be on Sunday if it's not decided before then. Yeah. So by the time you guys hear this, there's more than likely going to be a world series in place. We have decided uh we're gonna do a last episode after the world series is over so you might not hear us a week from sunday uh if the world series has not been decided yet we will we will put off our our season finale episode until after the world series has has been completed but there will be something for you to listen to and enjoy if that happens. Well, there'll be something for you to listen to. Sure, that's fair. We'll whether or not Well, I'm, I'm definitely going to enjoy it. Whether or not it's for you to enjoy is uh, a debate to have in your own dark, twisted little hearts. We get a dark, twisted little hearts. Are you guys getting in the Halloween spirit? A little bit. Yeah. Good. I mean, we have skeletons hanging from light fixtures over here, so. I like it. Well, that's, I mean, your house every day, so. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of. We never get out of the Halloween spirit. Well, I mean, you got married on Halloween, so. We did. By you, as a matter of fact. Indeed. Well. Fun. Yeah. Decision making. Not anybody on this podcast's strong suit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. All right. So, good. Glad to hear it. Um, okay. So, house cleaning. Good. Out of the way. Now, what did you want to get to? We lost another Hall of Famer. Yes. Um, Joe Morgan sadly passed away. 
I want to say he was 77. I don't know that for sure, but that's the number that's stuck in my head. That seems accurate. Um, Joe Morgan, from famously known for being a member of the Big Red Machine in Cincinnati. Quite possibly the greatest lineup of all time. It's, hard, it's really hard to argue with. Uh, and Joe Morgan was, was right in the middle of it. It was kind of the spark plug. I, I saw a stat where he was the first player to ever have, I think it's 50 extra base hits, 50 steals, and I don't remember what the other stat was. Maybe it was 100 RBIs. He was the only person to do it. He's the only person who's ever done it. He's done it four times. Yeah. Yeah, it hadn't been done before, and it hasn't been done since. Yeah. Um, And that's – there's a lot to be said for that from the era that he played in. Um, And I feel like a lot of – there's a lot of records that aren't ever going to be broken. Yeah. Um, And they're records from the late 1800s. Innings pitched. Yeah. Nobody's going to pitch 617 innings. Nope. There's guys – there's guys we see 200 in a couple of years. There's guys who will have above average careers that will barely touch 600 innings. Sure. <laughs> At any rate, um, so there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things from back then that aren't ever going to be broken. But I, I feel like there are a lot of things that pop up in this day and age that haven't been done before. Uh, by anybody Uh, but a lot of that has to do with it it never would have been a thing before um and and even like we talked about just a while ago about George Springer's George Springer being the all-time postseason home run leader well but there wasn't a postseason right the postseason was different then than it is now yeah the postseason was seven games tops yeah you know but when records got broken, records, things like that happened in the in the 60s and 70s, it, it seems like most of those things have been done again since then. Yeah. Right? Well, uh, you know, like the – one of the weird things with Joe Morgan is, I mean, he, he he's a Hall of Famer. He's a two-time MVP. I don't remember how many championships they won, but I think they won a couple, didn't they? Uh, one or two. Um, he went to like but, two back to back. Yeah, like like seventy four, seventy five, something like, like that. Seventy five and seventy six, bro. I have a World Series book somewhere. Um, but like you look at Joe Morgan's stats, and he, I mean, he didn't have three thousand hits. He didn't have five hundred home runs. He didn't. He didn't have those things that we look at now as the defining stats that get you into the Hall of Fame. Um, war, war is certainly a bigger one. These days, he did have a war of over a hundred. Um, but I mean, he was a phenomenal baseball player. Yeah, seventy-five, and they won again in seventy-six. Okay, seventy-five, seventy-six. Okay, cool. Thank you, World Series book. So Is that what's called? Huh? Is that what it's called? It's called the World Series, and it's a book. Cool. So I'm just asking. I wasn't being a smartass for once. It's a better nickname than Mint. Um, and Joe Morgan was the MVP in both 75 and 76. So to, to pick an MVP off, the, off those teams that are renowned as possibly the best 
hitting teams of all time. And for him to be the MVP of both is pretty awesome. Oh, for the regular season? Yeah. Oh, because like literally had just accidentally turned to this page that has the World Series MVPs. I'm like, no, uh, it was P. Rose and Johnny Bench. <laughs> Thank you for that visual aid. I appreciate it. We know our listeners can't see that, right? What? <laughs> Dude, the last World Series in this book is 1987. It's an old book. Yeah, it's from 1988, I would guess. It's probably a good guess. Uh, Let me just put this down, and we can get back to work. Um, You know, I, I constantly, for a long time, I would always forget how good of a baseball player Joe Morgan actually was because of how irritating his presence was in the broadcast booth. Yeah, he was annoying in the booth. And it wasn't that he was necessarily – he wasn't necessarily, like, wrong about shit or, like – he just it, – it always had to be himself. It always had to be very – this is what Joe Morgan would have done kind of approach to, to broadcasting. Um, and – I, I never liked it, but I guess I can understand it. If you're really good at something and other people, you know, I, I said to you earlier, was this before or was it during the first segment where I said, um, have you seen the whole like Gordon Ramsay critiques people's cooking videos? Like that was trend before. that's happening. Was that before? I think so. But like if you're Gordon Ramsay and you've dedicated your entire life to becoming a master chef and people do dumb shit wouldn't you be upset too yeah i'm not a master chef and i'm irritated when people do dumb dumb things with food so yeah you know so so i kind of feel like maybe joe morgan was kind of like the gordon ramsay of baseball announcers like don't swing at that pitch you donut i don't know maybe that's what he was shooting for I was never maybe, a fan of maybe, Joe Morgan in the booth, though. Maybe he just didn't care. He was he he loved baseball and had a, a plethora of baseball experience, and and just put it out there. Yeah, he. I, but like I said, I I think the uh, I, I have recently come to be able. To, wasn't there an entire website dedicated to how much he sucked as an announcer? I don't for a know. while. Fire Joe Morgan. Maybe. Wasn't that a website? No idea. I think it was. Dizzle? I'll look it up. Sure you will. Not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> not in the World Series book. I'm not interested. Anyway. Um, we, we, we've talked a lot over the last month or so about, about some of the all-time greats passing away. This is the sixth Major League Baseball Hall of Famer to pass away in 2020. Sixth? Sixth. Is it? Yeah. You want the list? Sure. Fire away. Well, we got Joe Morgan. We got Lou Brock. We've got Bob Gibson, Tom Seaver, Al Kaline. There's one more, I'm pretty sure. Whitey Ford. Whitey Ford, yeah, who just passed away last week. There you go. Six Hall of Famers. How come we didn't do Al Kaline? Um, we maybe weren't on the, on the recording at that point. We might've been on hiatus waiting, waiting to not start a season. 
Oh God, I remember. that seems so long ago, doesn't it? It's been a long year, man. Like the not a season. All right, quick question. Let's hear it. Is there a full Major League Baseball season in 2021? I think they're going to attempt to have one. I think they're going to have spring training and, and start the first week of April like normal. Do you think that there will be a full season? No. Okay. No, I think I, I think that there are going to be quite a few teams that miss games still due to COVID. I think the season – at the end of the day, I think the season will be shortened, uh, maybe 120 games, maybe 140 games. But instead of trying to reschedule, they'll just get, they'll just get rid of some. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say if, if they play like – if they played 154 games yeah, and some teams played 140 – or somewhere between 140 and 154. I would I would quantify that as a full season. I would I would allow that to be called a full season. I think anything less than 100. I think anything less than 120 really is a a shortened season. I I think I think if you're in the 140s, I might call it a a shortened season. Yeah. I mean, like we talked about it leading up to to the to the season, not knowing when they were actually going to get the deal done and and start the the season. Like 120 sounds really good to me. Yeah, like so somewhere in that range, I think is an appropriate number of games to have for a regular season. Yeah, there's something about like there's something really strange about April baseball in that I'm very excited that baseball is happening, but I also like, and on opening day, I feel very baseball-y. And after that, I tend to lose a lot of enthusiasm because I'm still shivering my nuts off when I go outside to smoke a cigarette. Well, I'm shivering my nuts off every year at opening day because it's cold as hell in Minnesota. Yes, it is. Did you know it snowed for a while today? No, really? The internet almost broke. <laughs> I bet it did. Like it snowed for 18 minutes and we got the full cycle of OMG snow. OMG. I can't believe people are posting about the snow. OMG. I can't believe people are posting about people posting about the snow. OMG Trump Hitler. Just back to normal in a flash within two hours. It's outstanding. I don't know if it's outstanding, but typical. Our, our three-year-old was very, very excited about the snow. So I was one of those people who posted about the yeah, snow. Yeah, but you, but you posted a, a video of a three-and-a-half-year-old right. enamored by the snow. Right. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I was at work. People, <laughs> it's snowing outside. Holy shit, you're the first person to tell me that. Am I? No, the seven people before you also did that. You complain about this every year. Every I winter, do. Every we year. all do. <laughs> no, we all we really no, does. but we all we all complain about the snow in our. I own don't. Life. I'm not complaining about the snow. I'm you complaining about, about customers. I know, but he's still complaining about the fucking snow. I'm complaining about all of the junior Sven Sun guards of the world who have to tell me what's going on outside at any given time. It's small talk in Minnesota. Deal with it. And realistically, oh. maybe you just have Jeremy come over and put his, put his tits on the window. window. Uh. How do you know it's cold outside? You walk outside and it's cold outside. 
thank you, Jeremy, from the My Fanchise Football Podcast. Why can't people just, like, walk up and tell me a baseball score or something like that if they just want to chat for about – speaking of <sighs> baseball like, scores, We should make that on? a thing. Like, for real, we should make that a thing. You should put a sign, like, over your head. <laughs> Don't talk about the weather. Give me a Yeah, give me, give, me, give me a baseball update. <laughs> I had a guy at a store I used to work at who, on sun, who had to work on Sundays for a while and would tape all of the Vikings games and literally put a sign up on his counter that said, please do not tell me the score of the Vikings game. That's amazing. You know what would be fun at your store at the, at the deli counter? Yeah. Like when you go to Caribou Coffee, they, they have their question of the day, and you get a discount if you get it right. Yeah. You have a, like a baseball stat of the day, and, and have that be how you get a, a, a dollar off something. I like this idea in principle. Here's the thing. I think you're just scamming for a dollar off. Sure. Because you know you're just going to call me one boy and be like, hey, man, I got your baseball trivia question for you. And I'm going to be like, that's great, man. Amazing. I don't have to think of anything. It's early in the morning. My brain's not functioning fully anyway. And I will, like, write it down on there, like, what fucking Lou Gehrig's that was on Mike's Lou Gehrig of the day <laughs> calendar today. And you'll walk in and be like, hey. It just so happens that I need 26 pounds of short ribs. And I'm going to get a dollar off. And I'm about to save 26 American dollars. No, no, no. No, I'm not saying it's a dollar off a pound. It's a dollar off. Just a dollar off. It's a dollar off your purchase. Period. Oh, Period. then you're going to walk in and buy like one old-fashioned wiener. Do I ever take just one wiener, Glenn? <laughs> Well, Never. <laughs> I want all of the wieners. And you can have them, sir, for a dollar off if you share the facts from your Lou Gehrig a day calendar with me. And to be honest, I want some of those big, fat, juicy bratwurst, too. Good. Um, what were we – so uh, the, So the Astros won. <laughs> did they? Yeah. It looks like they did. According to my phone. Um, so the Astros won. What? Atlanta's up two to nothing. What uh, does an Atlanta Houston World Series excite you? No. Uh, in Atlanta, Atlanta in the World Series does though. Yeah. Well, that's what you're pulling for, right? You're not. You're not into the Dodgers. No, not really. I, I've I've never been into the Dodgers. I I can't figure out every year how they're as good as they are because I I look at them and I don't see them being as great as they are. Um, I think they're better this year than they have been in recent memory. I mean, the addition of Mookie Betts is huge. I mean, you've got Betts, you've got, even in years, I mean, even prior to Betts, you've got Bellinger, you've got Corey Seager, you've got Justin Turner, um, you've got Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, uh, you had Rich Hill, you've had a lot of, they don't always have, you know, I, I was going to say they don't always have MVPs, but I think they have the last four MVPs on their team or some damn thing like that. They've always had really good players surrounded by pretty good role player type guys. And I mean, they've, they've had, they've been able to utilize guys like Jock Peterson and make him successful in a platoon role. Yeah. You know, they've been able to, they, they've had an outstanding bullpen. Even though the back end's get a little shaky. It is now, but 
they've you know they've ridden they've they've coasted they've ridden a wave they've they've been ready when you know when one domino falls they they have another one to to put up in its place kind of Agreed. thing um you know we were we were talking during the during the break or during the segment i've totally lost track at this point but you know it was 4 years ago that the cubs were playing the dodgers in the nlcs and that dodgers team keeps coming back to the nlcs and that cubs team keeps fall- and that cubs team was the team that won the world series that that was supposed to be, you know, the beginning of a dynasty. This wasn't a one-shot deal for these guys. This was going to be, you know, this was going to be a team that was around for a very long time and competing at a high level and winning multiple championships type of situation. And the Dodgers keep going. And that same core, those same guys, that same, uh, that same management, all of that stuff keeps going back to those championships where, the teams like the Cubs in particular are continually falling flat on their faces. The Nationals, would the Nationals finish in last place? Pretty sure, yeah. They were terrible this year. You know, and the Dodgers keep finding ways to – and, yeah, admittedly, like, adding one of the top three players in Major League Baseball to a team that had one of the top three players in Major League Baseball is theoretically a uh, – going to result in some level of success but they've they've kept building up and they've done a lot of it through their own organization too they've they've made big trades they've made moves when they needed to but a lot of these guys come from their own system as well well yeah i mean like look at the twins the twins traded and they got kentameda who had a great year but he was a bullpen guy for the Dodgers, the Dodgers, the Dodgers didn't need that kind of bullpen guy. They needed they needed a hard throwing guy like they got in in Gratterall, who has certainly helped that team. I don't think they they were hurt at all by losing Maeda, and who gave up I think and who gave up like four of Kershaw's earned runs last night. <laughs> yeah, is there anything you you want to get to the rest of the segment? I, I have one thing that I want to I want to bring up. I don't think it's going to be a big talker, but um, fire away! What's the worst that could happen? The rumor of Tony La Russa to the fucking White Sox, really? He's a legend. He's terrible. What? He, what? he hasn't managed in nine years, and you're going to pull his his fucking seventy some year old ass in to run this young team terrible idea he's a legend he's a legend they love he's a legend he's a legend he has no business being a fucking manager anymore maybe it's uh who's the bench coach gonna be i don't know because you could larusa want his bench coach to be yeah but that's the that's the ticket there isn't it could larusa be the ploy to get the butts in the seats while the bench coach is nominally in charge of the team. That sounds stupid. That would actually make sense. You get the legend. He sells tickets, but he's just basically there. Comes out Jimmy Dugan style. Waves his little cap. Do you think LaRusso is actually going to sell tickets? In Chicago? Yeah. I guess, yeah, because he, he, he managed the White Sox. Yeah. So, all right, I can see that angle because he was there before. Yeah, 
he's a legend on the south side, my man. Okay, well, is, is La Russa going to help bring people younger than us to the ballpark? I don't know. Probably not. No. Probably not, but I don't think that I, I, I don't know that, that that's the goal as long as the, the tickets are sold. I don't care what – I don't think they care what age bracket it's to. Sure. I think, it's, I think it's a terrible idea. You can spin it however you want. I think bringing in Tony La Russa to manage any ball club is a terrible idea at this point in his life. I'm not going to call it a career because he's been re- retired for nine fucking years. He's doing so- – he's busy getting Harold Baines elected to the Hall of Fame, man. He's working. He's earning. Man, fucking he's don't get started in that bullshit. Harold fucking Baines <laughs> in the Hall of Fame. Maybe uh, Harold Baines will be his bench coach. Oh, my God. What Russa and Baines. Couple of Hall of Famers. Well, one and a half Hall of Famers. Hall of Fame in it on the south side. <laughs> Maybe that's where Theo will go. Theo and Tony and Harold Baines. Not going to happen. I don't know, man. I don't know. All right. Should we take a break? Let's take a break and try to figure out what we're going to do for a top five. Okay. I'm hip to that. Ready, go. Are you stretching? I missed my second segment stretch, so I got to get it in now. <laughs> Welcome back to the My Franchise Baseball Podcast. I am Mike, joined by my bestie, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> and I love your producer, Dizzle. Hi. Hi. Um, so I, I have to make a correction. We, we were talking earlier about George Springer surpassing Reggie Jackson. It's not for the all-time postseason home run record he just passed Reggie um so he has 19 career home runs coming into tonight's game I don't know if he hit another one or not uh Reggie had 18 but looking at the top 10-ish postseason home run hitters of all time uh, Manny Ramirez has the most all time with uh with 29 but if you break it down by per game he's got he hits one every or per at-bat, one every 17 at-bats. George Springer hits one every 14.89 at-bats, which is the most of anybody in the top 10. So, okay. so I mean, per, per game, he, he is the most prolific home run hitter in uh, postseason history. So it's hard to, it's hard to argue with he, what he's been doing. So Manny's number one. Who's number two? Um, no, I don't remember who. Oh, Bernie Williams. Not a big surprise. They were in. A, they were in a lot of postseason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Derek Jeter is third, but Derek 
Derek Jeter is one every thirty six point seven at bats. So yeah, he just had all the at bats. Yeah, he had a lot of at bats. Uh, Albert Pujols is fourth. George Springer is fifth. Reggie Jackson is sixth. Uh, Jose Altuve and Mickey Mantle huh. are right behind him. So interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that just a little stat correction. I I misspoke when I said that he had surpassed the all time. He had just surpassed Reggie Jackson on the list. Okay. Cool. Um, so with top five? Yeah, we should do a top five. Let's do let's do scariest move scary movies. Uh your your favorite, not necessarily the top five scariest. Your favorite scary movies. My favorite scary movies. Yeah. Which I'm assuming will be very different than mine. I would imagine so. Uh, number five, I'm going to go with Shaun of the Dead. Okay. All right. What's your, what's your top five? All of it? No, uh, number five, uh, The Exorcist. Okay. It's hard to argue with a classic. Uh, my number four is Army of Darkness. I fucking love that movie. Since the very first time I saw it, love it. Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 are great. I would I would take Army of Darkness over them. You're just really into, like, zombie comedies. <laughs> well, so far, yeah. Zombie murder comedies. Yeah. Top five zombie murder comedies presented by Mike Jerm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, number four is the changeling okay that's a solid movie i haven't seen that in forever it's fucking terrifying the wheelchair at the top of the stairs is the scariest shit ever the scariest shit ever when i was a kid was yeah. it i just i just bought the new one the second chapter two i, I have not it. seen i have not seen chapter two yet but i want to I liked chapter one and, and I knew that my wife, because like the wife and I are into scary movie mode now. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I was at, I was at the store the other day and I was like, ah, I should probably just buy this because we're going to want to watch it uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks here. So, but I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, I remember the, I remember the, the original version as it were being quite. It, it was, it was scary and it was, <laughs> It was one of the things, uh, along with Stephen King's The Stand, that if you, if you had missed it that week, you, you were the fucking kid left out at school. That's fair. Um, and having been the kid left out at school more than once in my life, I understood how that felt. Um, <laughs> what am I on? Number three? Yeah. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with Videodrome. Really? Yeah. That movie still scares the shit out of me. What part of it? All of it. Was it? Is there like a specific thing that just fucking gets you? No, it like it. There's the whole concept of basically the like TV alternate reality mind control bit, like that. That like I don't dig like sci-fi that's about like aliens and shit. But like sci-fi that's about like alternate realities and mind control scares the fuck out of me. I don't know why. <laughs> Just like freaks me out. 
Uh, I have one question because I don't remember the name of this movie. What was the name of the movie, the scary movie from the 80s where all the machines fucking took over? The semi-chuck with the... Mad with, Max? Or no, no, no. The, uh, the, the semi-chuck with the big fucking green goblin on the front of it. Oh, uh, was that Maximum Overdrive? Is that what it was? I can't remember, but it was... The Stephen King that, one. That, that, with that shit was scary, and I forgot about it until right now. The Stephen King movie that revitalized ACDC's career? Sure. Because didn't they do... Wasn't that... The whole soundtrack was them. And that no, was... I, um, I, don't, I don't remember it well enough. What was the song that was huge? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Um, my number two is the original Shining. Okay. The, yeah, those, I, fucking, those, those twin girls fucking haunted my dreams for years as a kid. If we had to do like... I, I could do a whole list of just like one specific scene that scared the shit out of me in movies that were otherwise not that, not that the shining wasn't a, an awesome, scary movie, but like I watched so many horror movies where there was one part of it where I was like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And the rest of the time I was like, well, that's get the fuck out of here. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So number two for me will be uh, in the mouth of madness. I've never seen that. Oh my God, it's so good. It's a John Carpenter flick. Okay. Um, and Sam Neill stars in it, who I'm not the hugest fan of in the world. Um, but it's about an author. It's about a best-selling horror author whose, um, whose fiction becomes reality. Okay. And it's a very, very, very H.P. Lovecraft-inspired. Um, it's part of... Uh, because Carpenter had like his whole sort of H.P. Lovecraft trilogy with The Thing and In the Mouth of Madness. And um, I want to say, is it Prince of Darkness? Prince of Darkness oh. is cool, too. It has Alice Cooper in it. Um, but it's really, it's the same thing of just like what would happen if one day everybody believed something. Like, what if everybody was crazy and you weren't? Then you'd be crazy. Wouldn't okay. you? Kind of bit. And it's. It it scares the shit out of me. I love it. Um, before I do my number one, another one because every time I do a top five, I I do this. I think of something else. The lawnmower man was fucking scary as hell. You're a big Stephen King guy, clearly. I am a big Stephen King guy because I, I I've read most of his books too, which helps. I did. I bought I bought a Stephen King book the other day too, just because I was like, I remember a Stephen King book and. Ever, Stephen King has a has a book that's not really scary. It's called uh, I think it's called Hearts in Atlantis. Oh yeah, fucking fucking awesome. Totally not a Stephen King style book, but it's great. They made that into some kind of miniseries too, didn't they? I don't know. Did they? A movie? I would if they did. I would watch it. There are relatively few untouched Stephen King properties. I will say this: when when you uh, when you do some some time, there's always a plethora of Stephen King books to get your hands on. Yeah, yeah, that's how I that's how I read The Stand. What read Cujo? That's how I read all of The Dark Tower. I had a kid at work the other day who was just talking about how he was. <laughs> he's like 18. He was telling somebody else. He's like. I just started this series of Stephen King books. It's called The Dark Tower. Or he's like reading this book called The Gunslinger. I'm like, let me save you some time. 
after Wizard and Glass, read the Stop. last 50 pages of book seven. Yeah. It, and it, then it get angry. Wizard oh. and Glass, though. Like, the, the, I love The Gunslinger, but Wizard and Glass is, is probably my – actually, it is in my top five books of all time. Wizard and Glass is like the bat out of hell, too, of books. I, I totally agree. That's a great analogy. Because it took, what, 17 years or something to write that? Yeah. After The Wasteland? And you're going to realize that, like, The Wasteland came out in, like, 1977 or some shit. Wizard, they're behind me. Like, Wizard and Glass is right here. Yeah. And that came out in, like, 1996. And yeah. then – and it didn't progress the story one iota. They got out of the, like, train station, and then it was just a totally different book about something else. Yeah. It was, like, all backstory. It was fucking great. But, yeah, it didn't, it didn't move forward at all after that. And then once he started to move the plot forward again, it was just a total – fucking disaster yeah he i mean he hit a fucking block wrote a, wrote a great book but couldn't really finish the story very well yeah but wizard and glass just on its own is a is a brilliant piece of work anyway you could you that could, was a hell of a tangent by the way yeah well we fucking tangent on this show so uh <laughs> my number one without question from the first time i saw it event fucking horizon okay i don't know if I, you know i think i have that i don't know if i've ever watched the whole thing though you should. It's 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 scary in a in a way that only sci-fi can be. That's like end of the world shit, right? No, it's ship goes missing. They go on a fucking quest. Isn't to go it get like? Fucking, isn't it yeah. Armageddon without the Aerosmith song? Uh, no, no. It's they the the ship ended up going to fucking hell. It went to a different dimension, which was fucking hell, and then came back to it. Oh, you know what was a terrifying movie? Alien. 13 Ghosts. 13 Ghosts. <laughs> I'm pulling a you. I'm just pulling fucking other name other other fucking movies that are terrifying. Oh god, dude, I can't remember what channel we found it on as we were browsing through stuff, but you have to watch the movie Blood Diner. Okay. It's the cheesiest like People die in ridiculous ways because these two like brothers worship Satan and run a diner and feed people to other people. And they like deep fry this topless chick's head in a fucking deep fryer. And she comes out looking like a pair of boobs and a donut hole. Is that your number one? No, but it's my, <laughs> you should really watch this movie and enjoy it for Halloween. My number one is, uh, the House on Haunted Hill. The, the original. Obviously. Yes, the original. The one from the 90s was fucking trash. I, you know, I've watched that, and I did not hate it at the level that I thought I would. But, I don't know, there's just something about, a, there's just something about like the haunted house mystery that, that is good. And I, I probably could have just said, like, fill in the blank Vincent Price movie. Here. Yeah, I was going to say, you, I mean, what's on that list for Vincent, Vincent Price? House on Haunted Hill. But that's that's it? I, I, I thought there was going to be more than one. Yeah, I mean, like, House of Wax is the other one that would would go for sure. Like, the Tingler is really entertaining, too. But a lot of that stuff's just, like, it's funny. I mean, I could have gone, gone a whole different route and picked, like, Alfred Hitchcock movies, too, because I'm a huge Hitchcock fan. But I was kind of trying to lean more towards the, the horror genre. I should mention the fact that like every Halloween I do try to read my favorite uh, 
not only my favorite like scary story of all time, but my favorite short story of all time, which is The Mask of the Red Death by Edgar Allan Poe. But I don't know if I'm going to read it this year because it's a little too like current events. Real. Real. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like rich guy walls off his compound, throws a party to keep the plague out, and then the plague shows up. It's a little, it's a little too what's really happening out there in the world at the moment. For the, it might be extra scary this year. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll just read the cask of Amontillado again. What else you got, Bestie? I don't know, man. I'm kind of on this whole Vincent Price, Edgar Allan Poe thing. Pitting the Pendulum's good. That's a good Vincent Price in a Poe adaptation. I'm going to go watch Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, I kind of want to watch Sleepy Hollow. The Johnny Depp one? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's... That's all. That's it? That's all you have? Yeah. Gives you the tingles. Huh? Gives you the tingler. What's the tingler? um yeah anyway that's uh yeah scary movies scary baseball do we have an update on uh we could probably do a fast update on what's going on it doesn't matter i mean the series might be over by the time somebody yes. listens to this, i so. mean it's two to one right now atlanta we're we're thinking atlanta are you thinking yeah. Atlanta, houston yep um atlanta rays i i hope the Rays pull it out i just Again, the momentum thing. I mean, they. I will say this, regardless of the outcome, this is really what we want from a postseason baseball series, right? Absolutely. You always want seven, seven games. games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want some intrigue. Game set. I mean, if game seven is a back and forth affair, it doesn't matter how it ends. Two to one, yeah. nine to eight. If it's been drama the whole way through, yeah, that's, I don't. That's good baseball. No 11 to one. Like that's, no. that's just terrible. No, that just kills it. That's just that flat. That's that lame anticlimactic ending. That's where I'm not Look, scared anymore. If it's two to one in the eighth and then fucking somebody scores a bunch of runs. Okay. But like, uh, I want I, like, I want, I want that last out to matter. Like I want, I want the game on the line, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, uh... So yeah, let's hope for a let's hope for a fun game seven. Let's hope for a fun World Series, and we will see you once again. We will see you here. You'll hear us. Whatever the fuck happens out there, it will happen again after the World Series is completed, so we can give a full and complete breakdown of the 2020 World Series. That's not going to happen. But no matter no matter what happens, there will be a new episode to listen to next week. It might just not be us talking about the World Series. It might be a little something special that Bessie's going to throw together for you. Yeah, we have a surprise. It'll be fun. I think. Anyway, we should wrap it up for this week and get to that when we get to that here on the My Franchise Baseball Podcast. For fans, by fans. 